0: This is the EWN Podcast Network.
1: Hi, I'm Gina Davis, and welcome to Event Talk. Do you want to make more money with your products and service at festivals, fairs, and expos? Then you're in the right place. Each week, Event Talk brings you interviews with business experts, makers, artists, and business owners, nonprofits that have all successfully navigated the ins and outs of business. Plus, we want to take you behind the curtain, sharing our time-tested event marketing secrets so that you can get the most from every booth at every event. Join us as we explore what's happening at festivals, fairs, expos near you and around the country. Event Talk is your source for everything you need to get the event return on investment you deserve. I'm excited about today's conversation. Let's get started. Hello, we are so happy that you're here today. In today's conversation, we're going to be exploring the health of your finances. Our guest will share with you the do's and don'ts how to start off right or course correct if you've already launched. In our second segment, we'll talk about her creative side and her recommendation for having a business in the gig economy. Today's guest is Lauren Estes with Allegiant Financial Planning, and I'm your host, Gina Davis. We have a great show for you today, and I would like to start off by sharing a little bit about my guest. Lauren is a certified financial planner and owns Allegiant Financial Planning. Now she started Allegiant in 2013. At that time, was focusing on divorce work and fee-based planning. Now, since then, Allegiant has relaunched as a planning service for creatives. Now, being a financial advisor as well as an artist, she saw the need for planning among solo entrepreneurs, with artists, makers, and many others. Now, Lauren is a registered representative, offering securities and advisory services through Independent Financial Group. LLC, member of F-I-N-R and S-I-P-C. Now, if you're interested in connecting with our guests today, I will have a link below for you. Let's get started. Now, Lauren, I saw in your bio that you recently rebranded your company. Congrats on that. That can be a big undertaking. Thanks for having me on the show today. Let's get everybody on the same page. What is
0: a creative? Why do they need financial services and planning? It's a great question, Gina? Um, I think some of the things we think about being a creative is someone in the classical art world, a writer, a painter, a musician. However, today there are entire groups of people that are creatives that we might not think about, but are equally important. Someone in the medical profession, coders, scientists, people making apps. So all of these people are now in this creative world. I think a creative is someone who has a vision and does something with it to benefit others. Maybe that's on paper. Maybe you are a writer, or maybe you're a potter or a teacher. These are all things that I think we're getting away from the idea that artists are this unproductive group of people or can't make a living from their craft. And we're seeing a big change in that. So today, we have many entrepreneurs, people wanting to leave the corporate world, take their craft full time, or we have others that just want to build their service business. I think by working with a planner, starting a business, or working with an accountant, there are ways for makers to build their business that they haven't been able to do in the past. Yeah. And they may not get that from other firms.
1: I agree. Here, we're actually talking about the gig economy, which is currently approximately 4 plus billion people in the gig economy. And they're expecting 9.2 billion by 2021. I do agree with you. It's more important than ever, that especially those coming from the corporate world, really just kind of understand the basics of running a business. Why do you feel like there's been such a huge shift in people moving into this kind of gig economy, wanting to sell their services? I think there's several factors that come into play.
0: For maybe the younger generation, you know, the Great Recession was a big deal as mm-hmm. people were either unemployed or looking up for ways to have a side hustle. Yeah. It was scary. they were able to Yeah, they were able to begin to say, Hey, I make this or I have this service mm-hmm. and provide it. In conjunction with that is a lot of companies also couldn't hire full time employees. You know, you had benefits and salaries and things of that nature. So hiring All contract workers away. Exactly. So as we have these people offering freelance services, or maybe they make products for another company, I, I think that is where makers and creatives started You know, with this kind of bigger change in the gig economy. It's always been around, but yeah. you're right. We're yeah. seeing a big change. You know, social media, the Internet, it makes it so easy to promote yourself. And you're very Um, great
1: there. I mean, that's a really good connection with why this is, I feel like, has taken off is the advent of the Internet.
0: Yeah. I mean, before we had to physically take goods everywhere and now we can put it on Instagram. Hey, here's my service and here's what I make.
1: What do you see as the one area that people struggle with when they're starting a new business or even if they're building the current one?
0: There's a lot, but one thing that I really notice is people not separating their personal and business finances. It seems like a no-brainer, but we all get busy, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah. and sometimes it's we have three credit cards and we use the wrong one or, or whatever it is. So everything's intermingled. You might be using the same checking account for your groceries as you are to buy your supplies for your business yeah it, it reality it just leads to a headache come tax time. It's very common we see sole proprietors do this, but I've seen it with all kinds of businesses uh, yeah. it, you know even if you're on your own, the company should still have an entirely separate checking account credit card if needed. You should pay with everything separately.
1: I definitely agree with there it, it just when I made that move, it was the best move I ever made why don't you share what the pitfalls of not doing this of not separating that maybe new creatives or people that are new to the gig economy might not really realize.
0: I think when you are working with a new business, of course, in the first however many months it's daunting, it can be a little scary. The fact is, is we're in business to make money, right? So if we are not expensing certain items You know, we're paying for it, but then you're also paying income tax on it or you're not doing it correctly with your taxes. So as a new business or as someone wanting to grow, it is so important that we also take the time to save the money in the long run and also get it all set up from the get go. Because if you've got to go back in six, eight Mm -hmm. months later, even a year and a half later and start fixing expenses, then there it's just a, yeah,
1: it's not a good use of your time. No, it's not effective. One of my uh, coaches shared with me uh, this past year, says, Gina, you should only be doing the things that only you can do. But even more than that, you shouldn't be doing double work. So, you know, find someone, one, find someone that, that can help you with that if you're not understanding. But two, make sure you're doing stuff where you're not doing it twice. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, the next question I want to know about is what are the main ways to separate your finances as a sole entrepreneur, or maybe somebody that's that's established, but maybe somebody that's getting started? Sure.
0: You know, there's this misconception that sole proprietors or someone who, you know, just works by themselves, Mm. you know, that they don't need business accounts or that they can't even get them. Mm. And, Now it's so easy to do this. Really, all you need is an employer identification number or EIN Mm -hmm. number from the IRS. takes a matter of minutes online. Once that's done, you can print the letter that is generated on the spot. Use it along with your business license or other documents to open a checking account or credit card. Mm-hmm. Most of, you don't even have to leave the house to do this, you know. I I did all so, mine online, yeah. And with both of my businesses, so. To,
1: there to can be there to clarify there something that that you haven't mentioned is when you try to go get your business account, they want that EIN number.
0: Yes, that you have to have that, and mm-hmm. it is free. It doesn't cost anything. Mm-hmm. It takes a few seconds online, but. Think about the EIN number as being the same thing as your social security number. So So by keeping it separate, that's Mm -hmm. beneficial.
1: I mean, I know as a business owner, we have tons of supplies and a lot of expenses. How does that affect it?
0: We do. We have every day, it's either stocking for office paper, copier paper, if you will, or maybe it's for your actual business that you need materials these things are deductible in most cases and working with your accountant and financial planner you can help you know organize these expenses mm-hmm. one of the best ways to do that is to use software we yeah. we've probably all heard of quickbooks mm-hmm. but wave is free mm-hmm. uh, it's a great option for people getting started when you don't need something big and robust like quickbooks and it really can link all your different accounts and put that together and you can start automatically categorizing your expenses. So whether yeah. it's clay or in my case, copper, or for my financial planning firm, maybe it's software. Right. Those are things that we all need to keep up with, not only for tax time. I mean, expenses are also so you know what you're making, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you're spending more and then you're bringing in, that's also something to really work with with your income and expenses.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you're looking at decreasing your bottom line, a great way to do that is look at the expenses. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I have a thought and I've just lost it. So
0: another part of having software to help you with expenses is also the income portion. So deciding how when you are a new business, Or if you need to make changes to an existing business, how do you accept payments? Mm. Are you a service company or do you provide or sell tangible goods? Are you using Square or PayPal? That's kind of the easy part of collecting credit cards or checks Mm. or cash But then you also need to think about paying yourself by using the same system. Mm -hmm. So when you get paid by someone, it should go directly into your business checking. Then you transfer from your checking to your personal account. Once you kind of develop, hey, this is how much money I am going to take from the business each month or week or however Mm -hmm. you pay yourself. Don't skip this part of doing this yes for taxes, but also it just gives you kind of that idea of more of a traditional paycheck that we're right. used to getting when you're employed, if you will. Yeah. And it, it really helps you outline
1: yeah.
0: future months and income and what you can expect. But I, I agree.
1: And talking all about this stuff, it really sounds like so much I mean, how does someone seriously remember all this stuff? I know even me, I'm, I'm almost 10 years in, three years into having a, a team now, and there's just still pieces I keep running across going, God, I didn't even know I was supposed to do that. I mean, here's a really good example. The first year I had to pay someone, I didn't even know that I was supposed to turn in a 1099. That's how bad it was. So how does someone remember this? How can you help them with that?
0: It is a lot. And with laws constantly changing or tax code changing, you know, the whole idea is as a creative or solopreneur that you are good at what your craft is and don't be afraid to ask for help from others. It is it is a lot to remember and a lot to take mm-hmm. on. So as a financial planner or investment advisor, I work with clients to help determine income and expenses. Right. Cash flow, what should you pay yourself? Mm-hmm. Then we can get into more serious things like insurance because as you know, we start businesses or change our businesses, well, we need health insurance and liability and disability and all these different things, so we need to talk about, you know, making sure that you're taking care of there. The same thing when it comes to tax time or estate planning. If you're an artist and you have a lot of, you know, art that you've done, how do we pass that on to the next generation or or whatever the goal is for these things? That's where an advisor comes in and we take it step by step Mm -hmm. and help you walk through each item, each goal, and get you to where you'd ultimately like to be.
1: Well, one of the things that you said there was about getting help. And one of the things that I have found and share with my co- coaching clients is that, that if you're finding that you don't have enough time, and it kind of goes back to what my coach told me, you should only be doing things that only you should be doing, then if you want to advance your business, you have to start hiring. Even sometimes to the point where you're biting the bullet before you actually are getting enough income in to pay for that person. So the goal is to give yourself more time to focus on the things that actually make you money. And I don't think a lot of people coming into, to this, creative maybe especially, understand that. And I think that's very, very critical. Well, I'm, I'm seeing by my time gauge over here, we're a little bit over and I, we do need to take a break for our sponsors. I am excited about our second segment because we're going to delve into Lauren and her creative side, which I think is really going to be interesting. So we're going to take a break right now. We'll be right back. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all
0: over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com.
1: The Find Vendor Boost Event Talk Podcast with host Gina Davis is looking for guests for future podcast episodes. If your business has a story that shows how you've aligned your marketing for success, exhibiting your products and services at festival, fairs, and expos, then we are looking for you. Additionally, we're looking for experts in these areas, business finance, business education, and tech tools that align with event talks focus. Message us at info at this is the EWN Podcast Network. Well, I'm glad that you're tuning, uh, keeping in tune with us. We're still talking with Lauren today. She is a, a financial advisor and a creative. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about her other business. So, Lauren, introduce what you do on your other side, your creative side. Thanks, Gina.
0: So, as a financial planner during the day, if you will, I use, uh, in my free time, I'm a jewelry maker. I do works of art on copper and and all kinds of other,
1: other things. And I also own Estes Designs. Nice. Well, from the other conversation I had wanted to ask, you were talking about like incorporating your or getting the EIN number for your business. So do you have two EIN numbers, one for your financial business and one for your Estes?
0: I do. So Allegiant, I am an LLC. So right. I am re- registered differently than I am for Estes Designs, which mm-hmm. I currently, it's just me. So wow. I run that as a sole proprietorship.
1: And I would advise that to understand how you should in, or incorporate or set up your business, you definitely t- need to talk to a uh, expert on that. There, there are so many options out there, and you you want to make sure you're getting the one best for you. So, is that something that you can help them with?
0: I do work with people to start to determine which is the best way to incorporate their business okay. or how they structure their business. Then I work with specific attorneys or accountants to make sure that it is structured correctly for their specific business mm-hmm. and you restructuring later on is a headache. So you are right. You yeah. want to make sure you do it correctly early on.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry we ended up segment back into the financial stuff because I do still want to know more about what the, uh, your creative side. I wanted this conversation here to be really about somebody that's coming into to get calm. Really to clearly got understand some of the things that you you have um, the experience with now that you know and helps you guide you when you move forward looking for your event. So one of the things I, I just always like to know is how many events are you doing right now? Uh, how many do you do try to do typically do a year?
0: I have been doing at this designs almost I won't say full time. It's in my in my side time, but for about 3 years now right. and typically I've done four to five shows a year. Mm -hmm. However, this year I've already done five and plan on doing at least three more before the end of the year.
1: Yeah. Well, do you find you have any headaches or challenges when it comes to actually finding your events?
0: You know, I think that one of the big things, especially for new creatives or people starting a business, even myself, is cost is a factor. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't just do every single show because they can vary from $25 to $500. Oh, yeah. And so that is a big factor. The other factor is what are other people saying about the event, both as people who have participated in the event Mm -hmm. and people who just go to the event and are shoppers? Right. So I do a lot of research on the social media sites. I look for reviews. And a lot of times I reach out to the organizer if I have other questions.
1: I totally agree. Knowing how others are doing events really helps to, in my opinion, determine if it's ultimately good for a fit for you. I know with Find Vendor Booth, one of our moves, we're fixing to move into a new database system, which I'm so excited about. Uh, we're gonna be prettier and, but one of our upcoming features, and this probably won't be to early next year, is the ability to review how well you did at the event, plus much, much more. And I'm really looking forward to some of the value that we're gonna be bringing to our members. Uh, well, tell me about, let's go on to a little bit more about the challenges there, because I think some, there are some other things that could be challenges, correct? Yes. I think that some of the other challenges I
0: also face are who are the other vendors there for me you know jewelry is a very popular item that people sell so mm-hmm. i don't want to be at a craft fair or other type of pop up where there're 50 other yeah. jewelers and we're all competing sometimes that sometimes it can be good but sometimes mm-hmm. that takes away from the whole purpose of being there mm-hmm. so like you were saying having a database of what people's experiences are mm. how was the event was it curated or was it just a simple application and first wow. come first serve those are things that would be very helpful for us to know on the front end before we turn around and pay a big deposit or sign up for our booth
1: so do you find location or to be a, a something that you have to think about yes especially with artwork
0: or food items. I don't do any food items, but I I work with a lot of people who do. So Mm. when I'm thinking about location, is it inside or out? Obviously, Mm. but is it August and 112? You know, like now. (laughs) Exactly. Or is it freezing? So when you are looking for location, it is not just what part of town or what part of the state it is also what are backups, what happens with weather. And you really gotta take all that into consideration when you are getting ready for a show.
1: Yeah. When I got started with this, the guy that I was working with at, at the time and all this came about was we were out at April in Arlington here in, in where we Lauren lived the same place I do and in uh, outside of the Memphis area. And we had they completely ended up shutting down the whole thing. I mean, we got there, set up everything, and suddenly we saw tent after tent after tent blow across the uh, the square that we were in. And oh yeah, no, we totally lost that whole day. Because on top of that, it, not only was the wind an issue, it was also raining, which uh, uh, prior to prior to the, actually the wind kicking up. So that we ended up really losing that whole day because of that. So it is important that you know that weather can be an issue. And, you know, if you're going to attend that event, know that you may end up losing, you know, really all your money that you've invested into it because of that weather thing. But that said, he's gone to the event with 10 years, and that was the first time that ever happened. So you were making a comment to me about what you do after events. Tell us more about that.
0: I have a notebook. I am a writer. I should probably write this stuff in some app or something. <laughs> but I, I write down each event and I do make notes of kind of how it went. And sometimes, sometimes I don't write anything just because I've done the event so many times. Other wow. times I take a lot of notes of Who were the customers? How did the event go? Was it set up well? Was it easy to, you know, run and grab a bottle of water if I ran out? You know, those are things that do really come into play when you are working on your own and or if you don't have a helper and or if you're not next to a friend that also, you know, knows how you sell your goods. Those are things that are important to to look at and keep notes on, so that next year you make the right choices and can budget for the right show.
1: Okay, okay, so this is going to be our final question for the for this segment: is what do you feel makes Vendor Booth marketing a strategy that works for you? And let me just go on and share a little bit. Vendor Booth marketing, we we identified that uh, our audience sets up vendor booths and. Marketing, this is actually a marketing technique, setting up vendor booths. So vendor booth marketing, because I think there's been some confusion about that with my audience and I wanted to clear that up. Thank you for letting me do that, Lauren. Go ahead. What does it make? What is, why is the strategy working for you? Well, I
0: make individual, unique pieces of jewelry. So imagine having to sit and photograph each one of those, then go to Etsy, then list it, then hope someone buys it. For me, I don't have the time or patience really to handle individual unique pieces. So, for me, being at a booth where someone can walk up and see everything, or tell their friends, or they come back, or see me in a shop, that is really one of the best ways for me to not only showcase what I do, but then tell people, hey, I'm also in this store, or I'm going to be at this next show. And it keeps them involved because while we love Etsy or other types of websites like that, you don't get that personal experience of picking out the perfect earrings.
1: I agree. So, well, tell me this. So, you met these all these lovely people. They made a purchase from you. What's your next step with them?
0: Well, Honestly, I should probably have an email list or something <laughs> to follow up with. I sure but... can
1: help you with that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: exactly. I don't. So yeah. those are things that, you know, we just, there's so much. And it's like you asked me earlier, how do you keep up with all this? Yeah, agree. Well, we all need help in some mm-hmm. um form or fashion of how we do follow up with clients or customers. Yeah. And that is definitely something I need to work on.
1: So let's talk about when your next event is.
0: I have a couple coming up. I know one November 2nd that Mobius Theory is putting on. And then, of course, Crafts and Drafts, which is mm-hmm. November 9th. And then hopefully I'll have one or two others in there, but they haven't been right. finalized yet.
1: Well, I definitely don't know about the holiday market by Mobis Theory. We need to make sure that we have it on our list. I, I know we have crafts and drafts. Uh, yeah. So, that, so that's one of the things I don't think I've ever shared with the audience is if you know about events, we have right on our front page, add an event here. It doesn't even matter if you're the event host or not, though we're going to want to know the event organizer's information. So if you can get that, that would really be will be helpful because... Our goal is to have as much data for you as possible in the membership uh, available to our members. Why don't we share with everybody how they can get hold of you?
0: Sure. So for Allegiant, it's AllegiantFP.com, and that's the financial planning side. And for the art side, it's Estes Designs MEM, M-E-M, like Memphis. Why don't you give us a closing thought? I want makers and other creatives to know that they have resources to help with their businesses, whether that's financial planning or your service. There are Fine. people out there, you. and that's right, that there's so much advice out there and we don't have to rely on just yeah. ourselves. We can not be afraid to ask or think you're too small. There's all kinds of people to help and we are here to help as well.
1: Uh, I agree. And, and just to understand, we are a membership website, but we do provide a lot of free content. Uh, you know, we want to give people a peek into how they're supposed to be doing things right. One of our goals with Find Vendor Booth is to start fleshing it out into more also member content around lessons and strategies and stuff like that. So maybe you can come on board and learn how to do email marketing. Sounds great. <laughs> well, thanks again, Lauren, for a great show. If you want to connect with Lauren, her info plus anything specific we've mentioned today in the podcast will be below. Our next podcast will go live on October 22nd. We'll be interviewing a local event organizer who has a very interesting way she supports her vendors. So today I would love to invite you to receive our latest podcasts in your inbox. I will have a link for you below. Now, Find Vendor booth is your one-stop resource for everything you need to know to get the best results from each and every fair, festival, and expo. Everyone have a great week.
0: Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.